We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Mind on My Money podcast presented by Pinnacle Trust. Hosted by RebelGrove.com publisher Neil McCrady and Pinnacle Trust financial guru Martin Palomo, the Mind on My Money podcast tackles the financial questions we're all thinking about. From paying for college to saving for retirement, from life insurance needs to 401ks and everything in between. The goal is to help you take the stress out of financial concerns and give you some tips to enjoy life while your mind is on your money. Now here are your hosts, Neil McCrady. And Martin Paloma. Welcome to another edition of Mind of My Money presented by Pinnacle. I'm Neil McCready, Martin Paloma with me here today. It'll be a short show today. Uh, it's Thursday, September the 8th. The NFL season begins tonight. Uh, Martin has golf outing that he's got to go to here in a little bit, so uh, he's got a he's got a short uh, a short window. But we'll talk a few things uh, and uh, get. Make sure we get to you. We will not have a show next Thursday. Martin has a uh, prior engagement. So we'll be back two weeks from today uh, to get you another edition of Mind of My Money. Uh, we're brought to you each and every week by the people at Pinnacle. I'll let Martin tell you about Pinnacle in a minute. I'll just tell you real quick. I'm coming to you from the Clark Ford Studios, 662-257-1900, Clark Ford in Amory, Mississippi. Martin, what's going on? Oh, man. Um we do have I do have a client event today, which is kind of fun. It's been a it's been a while since I played, you know, golf with clients. Uh, I've actually been I have been trying to hone my game a little bit. My brother is uh, he got all the golfing skills. I got the good looks, and he got all the golfing skills in our family. <laughs> um, you are a handsome man. I mean, there's no doubt about that. I mean, it is. It's it's almost criminal how beautiful I am. I know. <laughs> I deal, I, with a, that. I, have, I deal with that every day. I, I, it's I, I, every day I get up, I look in the mirror, and think, you know, it's just not fair to the other guys. To the rest of the world, that's right. I mean, yeah, I've got the ex- face for radio, as they say. That that explains my <laughs> dating life throughout college. Yeah, a good bit of mine too. I, I think it was just I was intimidating. I mean, I get that. That's I mean, it's, what it was. You and I are in a different class, you know. Yeah. There's us, and then there's the rest of the world. Yeah, I think the girls would just look at you and look at me and go, nah, nah, I, that's I, out. They're out of my league. I'd have no chance. Yeah. <laughs> that's uh, that's not at all true. So no, it, the reverse is actually the, <laughs> which is actually a funny story of I, that's Jen and I, I know uh, tangential. Um, when we met, I would not ask her out, although I was very interested, but she was, you know, I'm, I'm a risk manager. I have, that's my, personality that is what i do for a living 
Um, and I've, and I do it with females too. It's like, you know, you kind of go, well, she's out of my league. There's a really, really high percentage of a chance of no. So you just don't even ask. Yeah. Uh, and that's how I played it. And, and probably it worked to my advantage because I was just relaxed and cool, you know, just cutting up and laughing and hanging out. And, uh, and she asked me on a date. So it did, that did work to my, to my advantage in that regard. You know, I always get irritated with guys that are like, Oh man, shoot or shoot. And you're like, okay, let's let's dig into that analogy, the sports <laughs> analogy, right? Shoot or shoot, can't That's right. it if you don't shoot it. Okay, all right. Let's so let's 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 dig in on that. If you're a shooter, means you're on the floor. You're one of the five guys on the floor, and you're taking shots. If you keep taking shots and you keep missing, you're gonna get benched. So yes, shoot or shoot, That's but true. only if they make shots. That's true. Only if they make a percentage of shots. So it's not like the coach puts you out there and the guy's just throwing up air balls and the coach is going, you know what? I love Jimmy over there. He's just a shooter. <laughs> he just takes his shots. I mean, no, dude. No, I coach, would... is like, coach is like, hey, Jimmy, Jimmy, did that look like a good shot? Did that look like a shot you were going to make? No. Jimmy's like, no, coach, I wasn't even to half court yet. Yeah, okay. Why don't you take shots you can make? Yeah, like way in the paint. Yeah, when you get within six feet of the basket, I don't mind that shot. Yeah. But, hey, Jimmy, you don't make 30-footers. Don't take them. And if nah. you keep taking them, I'm going to sit your ass over here and I'm going to play John. Okay? Yeah. Got me? So that's where I hate that analogy. I hate it. And I get what people mean when they say it. But it's sometimes, as a guy, I think sometimes you got to – like, I, I knew – I knew in my early 20s that I was going to have to wait until my late 20s. I was going to have to wait a little later for the prettier girls to give up on the other things and for looks to become less important. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And so I feel you, that. you had to wait your turn and that that's just the way it is. And if, if well, you, I mean, if, 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 if you're the fat bald dude going up to every supermodel going, Hey, um, would you like to go to dinner? It's just not a good strategy. It's just not going to work. I mean, and so and, and when people go, well, shoot or shoot, it just takes one. And that's the other one. It just takes one. Yeah, but that's kind of like the lottery deal. Yeah. I mean, if you're spending all of your money on the lotto, it just takes one. Yeah, cool. you go broke. <clears throat> you will eventually run out of shots, man. I mean. Yeah, that's I, true. That's well, it's funny because so I grew up and which probably actually I've never thought about it, but probably helped me actually be a better money manager too. So I, I grew up playing soccer um, and I was never the striker. I didn't have the finesse. I didn't have, you know, uh, the, the accuracy to always put the shot on the frame, but I was a relatively big guy, you know, tall, a little more muscular than, than most of the other guys. And I was deceivingly fast now, not out of the gate, but if you gave me 10 yards, you know, to catch up with you, I would take the angle and, and take and tackle and take someone out. Uh, it's soccer tackle, not American football tackle. Um, and so I always played either center back, uh, sweeper, stopper position, and goalkeeper. But I was always looking at, you know, where's the risk? Where's the attack going to come from? And how can I position myself to mitigate that risk or cut off the attacks or, or you know, or uh, subjugate whatever's going to happen? Uh, and so that's kind of been my mindset for – you know, that's how I grew up playing. That's the, that's the chess strategy I learned, you know, playing soccer, um, which probably translated pretty well into 
my current position too, which is, you know, mitigating risk and client portfolios. But with females, I mean, uh, when I was younger, I was a little bit 10 foot tall and bulletproof. Uh, and I got told no, a pretty good bit. Um, but then as I got older and I was like, all right, like we're trying to find lifetime mates here. Uh, you know, I, I became a little less brazen than, than I was in my younger years. And, you know, and when Jen and I met, I was like, man, she, she's like three or four clicks above me, which I, I might could pull two clicks above me. Cause I do have a pretty fun personality. Um, but I had no money at the time I was freshly divorced, just moved back from DC. You know, Shelly had taken all of my assets. Uh, mm -hmm. so I didn't have, uh, <laughs> you know, there wasn't, the offering wasn't great. Uh, it really took someone with vision to look at me and go, Hey, this, this you're could be something in about 15 years. <laughs> yeah, you're a project. I was, I was a fixer upper. Yeah. Uh, I, had, I had to, you know, I had to wait for someone to go, you know, he's kind of bald, but you know what? In 20 years, a lot of them are going to be bald. Yeah. You know, but if you're, you know, if you're bald and you know, you have the right physique, which, you know, you definitely do now, like that can be a, you know, you were the fixer upper too, man. I get it. Yeah. I, I I always laugh at the people that are like, um, not laugh at them. Cause I get it. Like the young guy that's losing his hair and he's like my business partner, Reed. And he's fighting. I think he lost his hair at like 22, 23. Yeah. What I wish someone had come to me and said, Hey, listen to me, bud. Listen to me. It's over. You're yeah. Not, no matter what you do, that's gone. Yeah. Just so shave it all. Lose weight, lose weight, lose weight, lose weight, lose weight, lose as much as you can lose, get thin, get lean, and then shave it. It's not going to be advice. perfect. It's not going to be perfect. You're not going to be, you're not, no one's ever going to call you the most handsome man on earth, but I mean, but they might, no, they won't, but cause here's the thing. I've had this conversation. This is the bald thing. I don't, I don't know where we're going today. We'll get to some stuff. Here's the bald <laughs> we'll get to real meaty stuff in a minute. So if, if, if I meet a hundred people for the first time and 10 minutes later, you ask those people say, Hey, did you meet that Neil guy? Yeah. 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 I met him. Tell me about him. 95 or more of the 100, the first word they'll say is, well, he's bald. His first word, bald. They might come back and go, you know, he's a sports writer, nice guy, jerk, whatever. I don't know. But yeah. the first word is bald. In other words, the first impression is bald. Yeah. So bald is, I think if you asked 100 men, would you or would you not like to be bald? They would say, I would not like to be bald. I mean, I guess if, because if you're, if you have hair, you have the option because you can go slick if you got hair, but the majority, or you can grow it out. I, I think it's safe to say if you were to go to a college campus and go to a hundred eighteen-year-old freshman and say, "You can control in forty years when you're fifty-eight, you'll either be bald or not. You pick." I think the it's fair to go that it would be close to a hundred. Go, no, no, I don't want to be bald. I don't want to be bald. Give me, keep, let me keep my hair. So. In other words, bald is, in general, a negative thing, okay? Here's the flip side. If you meet a strikingly gorgeous woman for the first time, 100, guy, 100 people. And men, she's bald. Women, no, hold on, hold on. 100, <laughs> men, 100 men and women. You just meet, not, not in a sexual dating way. You just meet a strikingly gorgeous person. Have a, have a hey, pleasure to meet you. Whatever. Oh, you, yep. you, oh yeah. Dark yeah, hair, you, blue eyes. You grew up in wherever. Oh, I, I know somebody from there. That conversation. Yep. 
you ask those hundred people 10 minutes later, did you meet um, Olivia? Okay. Yeah, I met her. Well, tell me about her. Well, she's beautiful. She's stunning. She's striking. Now you might turn around and go, you know what? She's very facetious. I don't really like whatever. Or, 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 you know, it turns out she's a, she's a, uh, she's an attorney or she's whatever. But the first <laughs> thing they're going to say is she's striking. So my point is, you, what I would tell guys that are losing their hair early is you got to understand that you start every game down one nothing. You you give up a run before you ever come to the plate in every game you ever play. So yep. you have to be prepared to have a different type of offense. Yeah, you got to pre- present, present something else. Olivia, on the other hand, starts every game ahead. Yeah, she went to Millsaps. She's an attorney. She you know, comes from a good family, went to St. Andrews. Yeah, it's funny. So, you've actually described one of my clients and I'm going to, I'm going to send this episode to her husband. And I'll be like, I didn't, we did not pregame this, <laughs> but my, but Neil was talking about your wife. Yeah. So people, people <laughs> are like, well, I don't see what the big deal she is. She makes about, pies that are amazing. I don't see what the big deal is about being bald. I'm like, it's not that it's a big deal. It's that you have to understand what it is that it means that you're going to start every game down a run or two and yeah. you, you can come back and win those games. But you got to have a strategy that's different than going into every game knowing that you're up a couple of runs. That's all. Yeah, you got to work hard at what you got, man. Yeah, so that's why I would. I, well, I think it turns us into well balanced dudes, right? I mean, you know, you yeah, do see so. some of those like strikingly good looking dudes that are really successful, and you're just like, oh man, I that guy. It's just easy street for him. Probably wasn't because easy street is not a real thing. Right. Like a lot of the really successful dudes that I know are pretty ugly. Um, they just work hard and they've got incredible drive because things didn't come easy to them. All right. We don't have a lot of time. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's, I, listen, it, you're right. What you, what you figure out is you have to, the strengths, the, the, some of the secrets of life are, hey, what are your weaknesses? How do you overcome them? Yeah. What are your strengths? How do you enhance them? Actually, it's not how do you overcome them. It's how do you mitigate them? How yep. do you minimize your weaknesses? Because your weaknesses are always there. Yep. And so you got to figure out how do I how do I minimize my weakness? It's the whole shooter shoot thing. Yeah, but if you become a much more efficient shooter, well, now you know what you're doing. If you're just out there firing up shots from half court, well, might one go in? Sure. Is that sustainable? No, you're not going to win any games just shooting half court shots. Well, dude, it's, and it's kind of funny. It's kind of that's how we built the staff uh, here at Pinnacle. And when so when Daisha and I started together, um, I hired her. She was my first hire um, ten years ago, almost ten years ago. Uh, I took a real honest appraisal of my shortcomings, and that was my list of has to be their strengths. And so uh, when I was in, inter- and I interviewed like, this was you know 2012 ish. I interviewed a bunch of folks um, to to help me, and she was a teacher, uh, but she, all of her strengths were my weaknesses. And so we were a very complimentary uh, team, and it's worked great, you know, for ever since. And then when when I came to Pinnacle, and uh, Reed started the same time that I did, uh, I did not hire him. Uh, he didn't hire me. We just started together. But we just kind of naturally had uh, differentiating strengths. And even to the, you know, how we manage money. He was a stock guy. I'm a bonds and alt guy. And it just kind of, it's funny, you know, I had to search out Daisha, And I'm grateful that she's still with me and we have, and we're, we're together. 
but Reed just kind of like it just happened. We both fell in each other's lap and and uh and it's a great team. And if I would have tried to find Reed, I would have picked him, but I would have probably never found him on my own. It's kind of weird how that stuff works out. But it's yeah. like he's offense, I'm defense, or vice versa. I'm I'm offense and he's defense. It works well. All right, let's look up for some headlines, just kind of touching on some things. Um well, dude, not not financial related, but I, I on my way in this morning, um, it sounds like there's a little trouble in England. Uh, the words that I heard describing uh, Queen Elizabeth was, you know, that they are they are keeping her comfortable awaiting, you know, uh, the senior family members' arrival. So that might be something we we haven't experienced in what seventy. Oh, some seventy years. Yeah, the uh, this is from Max Colchester, Dateline, London. Queen Elizabeth II's family rushed to her side on Thursday after Buckingham Palace said doctors were concerned about her health, prompting a wave of worry across Britain over the welfare of the popular ninety-six-year-old monarch. Following further evaluation this morning, the Queen's doctors are concerned for Her Majesty's health and have recommended she remain under medical supervision. The queen remains comfortable and at ball morale, the palace said in a statement referring to her residence in Scotland. Um, yeah, I was reading a story. Oh, who, who wrote it? I can't remember now. It was really well done about the preparations that have been in place for a long time for uh, yeah. queen Elizabeth's passing and how it will be marked in Great Britain and across the world. And, and, um, She's the queen. She's Britain's longest-serving monarch. She yep. suffered bouts of ill health in the past, but it's unusual, this says, for the palace to give such a downbeat assessment of her health. A small crowd gathered outside Buckingham Palace in the afternoon. Prince Charles, next in line to the throne, was at Balmoral, while the queen's grandson, Prince William, was on his way along with his brother Harry, and the rest of the wider family. Uh, she's been. So this is a queen who has. It began when Winston Churchill was prime minister. Yeah. Outlasted the Cold War and became a symbol of stability in a fast changing world. She's had a 70 year reign. Yeah. She was like, what, 26 when was it that her, <clears throat> was it a parent's death and she was installed or father, death of a father? I believe it was her father that yeah. passed and she inherited the crown. And, um, you know, Netflix did that series on her that was incredibly well done um in 1947 on her 21st birthday she took uh she took the oath she said i declare before you all that my whole life whether it be long or short shall be devoted to your service and the service of our great imperial family um let's see, yeah it's just it's a remember edward the eighth who uh abdicated the throne yeah, this is it's really interesting how it all kind of went down. Yeah, and I mean, I know just this week she installed a new prime minister. Um, you know, a female prime minister in in England. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of change happening. Um, you know, and a lot of things that can could could have impacts into global financial markets too, even in Europe outside of England as well. I'm really interested to see, and you know, I know we touched on it and some previous shows we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. That like Germany has restarted uh, or not canned some of their nuclear programs um, to generate power. Uh, I'm really interested to see if... uh, if the Eurozone is going to go try to go independent, I know they'll never be able to go completely independent just because of the, they are not a very resource rich, um, you know, set or zone, I guess, group of countries. Um, but it's interesting to see what's going to happen in the next couple of years. And, and, you know, Liz, the new prime minister, um, her name's Liz. I'm interested to see, you know, how she going to, how she going to carry the country forward, like from a running the day-to-day business of the country it's going to be uh it'll be interesting because they're they are closer to uh you know are they're closer to a worse recession than we are i think we're in one i just think that ours is going to be shallow um you know there's there's is a could be a totally different monster this says the queen's death this is what i was looking for a minute ago the queen's death would trigger a minutely choreographed period of national mourning and what the palace had codenamed operation london bridge Parliament won't pass laws. Television presenters on the BBC will wear mourning clothes. It's planned for the Queen to be buried in St. George's Chapel at Windsor Castle. Mm-hmm. The Queen has long been setting the stage for her successor in one of her few overtly political declarations. In 2018, the monarch said it was, quote, her sincere wish, end quote, that her son take over the leadership of the Commonwealth a club of nations that were mostly part of the British Empire. After her, the leaders of the Commonwealth agreed. She has of late left Prince Charles to attend key events on her behalf, including the state opening of Parliament, many of the events to mark the 70 years of her reign. Her husband, Prince Philip's 
Prince Philip died last year. In a speech uh, recently, she warned that none of us can slow the passage of time, and while we often focus on all that has changed in the intervening years, much remains unchanged. None of us will live forever. Just true. That's right. But what a what a life she has lived. Uh, remarkable. Yeah. I mean, a remarkable life. I mean, it's putting it mildly. Uh, just she's 13 American presidents, I believe. Yeah, I mean, you know, and I know that there's been some turmoil, but for the most part, like very, you know, dignified woman uh, that, you know, tried to tried to do right and, you know, and be good, be a good steward, you know, kind of totally the opposite of what our country looks like from from leadership, uh, you know, for the past couple of presidents is, you know we probably could take a, a play out of the, out of that playbook. Now I do think that our economic positioning has been a lot stronger than, than England's and, you know, and gosh, call it the last 20 years. <clears throat> um, so I will give props to the way our government runs for us having such a strong economy, even with all of our insanity that we have, you know, in the political realms, I don't know that there's a better model for, you know, for creating and sustaining an economy than we have. Let me ask you this, a couple of stories that are out there, just quick yep. things, we only have about 15 minutes. Matt Grossman, Aziz Sundarji, right? Investors have been dumping government bonds this year, and they're dumping bonds from America's top companies even faster. I know bonds are your thing, Martin. The simultaneous yeah. declines upend a classic bond investing strategy pinned on diversifying risk to minimize deep losses. Its failure has thrashed debt investors this year, helping send global bonds into their first bear market in decades. Often, yep. investors hold bonds from both governments and companies. When one type of debt suffers, the other can temper the fall. That works tends to work because the hazards of owning corporate bonds and government bonds usually hit at different times. Yep. Um, what do you what do you make of of what's happening with the bond market? What does that mean to common people like me? Yeah. Uh, we did it too. Um, but we just did it last year. We did it. And, um, I, so sometimes there are signals that you have that are, you know, that are pretty, pretty good, strong signals. Um, and, and it happens in the bond market. It's a, it's a bit stronger in the bond market than it is in stocks. Cause stocks are, if we're talking like behavioral stocks are almost like schizophrenic bipolar. They'll, they'll be, happy and sad all in the same day bonds are pretty pretty steady um you know pretty consistent and you kind of know when it's going to get ugly in the bond market and that's you know it, when interest rates are rising um bond prices it's like the seesaw when you're a little kid one kid goes up one kid goes down so when interest rates go up bond prices go down and since the 80s you know interest rates were so so high in the 80s and they have been clicking down you know slowly since the 80s so it has the opposite effect if interest rates are going down bond prices so you get appreciation of your bonds plus the interest that you're collecting along the way well we've come to the end of that we were at the bottom we were at zero literally at zero there was no lower that we could drop rates and i just knew that powell was going to have to start raising interest rates i just thought he was going to do it 
I thought he was going to start doing it at the end of the third quarter or the beginning of the fourth quarter last year. So we went ahead and made our moves in the bond portfolio for our clients, you know, middle of the year. What happened was it nothing happened. So I did miss out on, you know, a little bit of interest collection for those six months. But when rates started going up the beginning of this year, dude, bonds, U.S. bonds right now are down 12% for the year. Global bonds, even more. And so if you just think about, let's just do real quick, simple math on that. So if you have, if we just said that the only way for bond prices to go up is for interest rates to go down, that's not going to happen in the next 12, 24 months. Not happening. Like these people who are saying, oh, the Fed's going to, the, the Fed's going to pivot and start dropping interest rates. I, I don't know what they're smoking because that is, that is not happening in the next 12 to 24 months. So if your, if your portfolio and your bonds is down 12% and you know interest rates are not rising, the only way that you dig out of that is to collect the interest payments along the way. And let's say you've getting a, you're getting a really good interest payment in your bond, say 4%, okay? So sure. 12, down 12% divided by four equals three years to get back to zero. Three years. That's, that's a pretty long time. You know, stocks can do it in six months, be out, because they just move like that. Bonds are like a, either a big, you know, carrier ship in the water or a turtle. They just move slow. So we just did it early. We dumped most of our core. I've been sitting in cash and, and high yield because I can still make a little bit in high yield. Now, I got a little bit hurt in high yield, you know, like everyone else, the beginning of this year, but they bounce back faster. So, um, you know, it's it doesn't surprise me that, you know, folks are looking at their bond portfolio and going, oh, my God, I need to get out. But it's almost like too late, right? You just have to stick it out if you haven't already done it. So I agree with them. I just did it, you know, a year ago, and I was a little early. Uh, you were talking about – here we go. I'd lost my page for a second. You were talking about in, uh, interest rates. You've been talking about this a lot. This is from our old friend Nick Timorios at Wall Street Journal. He writes, the Federal Reserve – uh, the Federal Reserve appears to be on a path to raise interest rates by another 0.75 percentage point, three quarters of a percentage point this month in the wake of Chairman Jerome Powell's public pledge to reduce inflation, even if it increases unemployment. Fed officials yes. have done little to push back against market expectations of a third consecutive three quarters of a point rate rise <clears throat> in recent public statements and interviews ahead of their September 20th, 21st policy meeting. That's about, what, two weeks away? Uh, in yep. this investors in interest rate futures markets saw a roughly 75% probability on Wednesday that the Fed will raise rates by another 0.75%. Major U.S. stock indexes closed higher Wednesday. <clears throat> Excuse me, I got to drink a sip of water here for whatever reason. My, yep. Might be because I've been podcasting a lot. <laughs> I'm having to do it too, man. I've, I've got uh, like drainage stuff. I don't know if, if they're signing stuff that's popping up. Yeah, and, I don't uh, really struggle with that. I, <clears throat> I don't I do. know what it is. Uh, with the NASDAQ composite ending a seven-session streak of decline, oil prices fell to their lowest level since before the invasion of Ukraine. Treasury yields also declined, with the benchmark 10-year U.S. Treasury yield closing at 3.264% uh, from 3.339% on Tuesday. So what does that mean when you hear that? Uh, it means... 
stock markets are schizophrenic and have no idea what they want to do. Um, and they don't even know where they're supposed to be. It's like they're running around with a blindfold, all trying to sit down in a chair to to settle down, but they haven't been told where the chair is. It's totally black, and they're just trying to feel their way around and find the chair. Um, at some point, they'll cover enough of the floor where they'll run into the chair and they'll sit down, and it'll all kind of calm down, but we're not there yet. Um, you know, stocks, stocks can stay irrational longer than most folks can stay either physically or emotionally solvent. And that's where we are right now is there's a term called irrational exuberance. And um, we're kind of the inverse of that irrational exuberance. This is like irrational fear. Um, and what what folks, what the stock market is trying to price and figure out is how, how, how much pain are we going to have in this recession? Um, we've already priced in a, what I'll call the category three hurricane. I just don't think it's going to be a category three. I think it's going to be a, you know, a strong tropical storm or maybe even kind of a weak category one hurricane. And the bonds kind of tell you that like bond market, they say the bond market's the smart money, like the, the bonds, the bond market figures it out before the stock market. Uh, and sometimes that's true. And sometimes it's not. And, you know, a lot, a lot of people will use the um, treasury, the two year versus the 10 year um, to kind of tell the health of the markets. And if it's inverted, meaning that the two year treasury is pays a higher percentage than the 10 year treasury, then folks are like, Hey, that's a recession. Well, the joke is, is it's, is it's predicted 19 of the last 10 recessions. So it's not always right either. I think there's not a whole lot of certainty right now. Um, and some of that is political. Some of that is, um, you know, we've been so used to the drugs in our arm from low interest rates, pushing stock markets up. And now we're being weaned off the drugs, even though we don't want to be weaned off the drugs. And we're having, you know, DTs, we're having uh, withdrawal effects from that and trying to get settled in. And it's just going to take a while for us to get sober um, off of the Fed low interest rate drug that just has fueled stocks since 2009. And we are returning to a quote unquote normal environment, but we've forgotten what normal actually is. Yeah, we haven't been there so long. Along those lines, this time last year, okay? Yep. Interest rates for buying a home. The 30-year interest rate, this time last year, rates were below 3%. Yeah, I was going to say like two and three quarters. Today, they're 5.89, the highest level since George Bush was in office, 2008. George W. Bush. Yep. Um, Which is when I bought my first home. Yeah. Well, and my interest rate was higher than that. Mine was like six and three quarters. I'm trying to think when we bought, I don't know. We bought here in 2008. Rates were 5.675 or something. And at the time, people were saying, hey, these are still great rates. Um, yeah. I mean, I think it's relative, rates. you know, and rates have been coming down. So, like, if you bought a house in 2008, and you were talking to someone who bought their first house and, you know, call it 1988. They're going to be like, damn, I wish I could have found a, you know, a five and three quarter interest rate on my house. You know, in 1988, I was paying 15%. And I just kind of look, I mean, you're like, yeah, you're right. But you could also get a CD where you were earning, you know, 12% on your CD at the bank. Uh, you know, it's, it's all relative, you know, and folks who got their first mortgage at 
when they go get their second home in, you know, five years, seven years, 10 years, and they pay, you know, five and a half, they're going to, you know, bitch and complain because, you know, interest rates are so high. It's like, no, dude, they're normal now. What you got was not normal, but, but we don't know that because it's been so long since we've had normal. Everyone's fortunate. Everyone can breathe a sigh of relief. Uh, there's a opinion piece in the Wall Street Journal about uh, my least favorite governor, Gavin Newsom, and his um, absolute. <laughs> he was your favorite. Neil. His absolute insistence that this is uh, a response to climate change that they're doing in California, the force-fed green energy transition, which is endangering grid reliability. Mm. What a this! Well, guy, I, I am this interested guy. to see kind of what happens in November. Too is like, and even in our local elections, I'm interested to see what happens. I wonder if 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 it will be the same perpetuation continuing, or you know. And, and I guess people that were on the other side of me politically, you know, two years ago were probably saying the same thing. You know, are we going to, are we actually going to have a country that's going to do something and get this crazy guy out of the office? Yeah. Listen, I mean, the NFL season starts tonight. Football season goes fast. The fall goes fast. We are going to look up in a month, one month from right now, we're going to be weeks away from the election. Yeah. And, and then we go right into the generals in our primary. Yeah. And I, I think we're in for just, chaos i do I, I i wish i weren't i believe trump's going to declare that he's running i think it's a bad thing um it will it will unify the left i think although i think the left is going to be licking its wounds i'm not sure how deep the wounds will be but i do think there are going to be some wounds in november where they're going to lose ground in the house perhaps lose the senate yep where they're going to have to look at the guy at the top of their party and go, are we really going to run you again? And if not you, who? Because it can't be Kamala Harris because she's despised. People just can't stand her. And it can't be Hillary Clinton because Hillary Clinton lost to Donald Trump. She'd probably lose again. So you have to figure out who you're going to run. And is it, you know what I'm hoping yep. for? I'm, I'm hoping for Gavin Newsom versus Ron DeSantis because yep. I think it, I, I would love that too, man. I, I think I know it's that's a conversation that makes Americans stop for a minute and go, okay, here are two guys that run big states. They yep. run them completely differently. True. Which state do we want to be? And, hey, what, let the chips fall. But if the answer is, well, we want to be California, I have a question is why? But why? And I'd love to get the answer to that. But I'd love to have that conversation. I'd love for the conversation to be more about policy and less about the people. And if you make this thing Biden versus Trump again, it won't be. And we're just so damn divided and we all hate each other. And 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 those people, those people fuel hate. Whether it's fair or not, whether that's fair to say about the former president or whether it's fair to say about this guy that's stumbling around shaking ghost hands of ghost and i don't know I, well, we got to be able to do better i'll make a prediction if um not presidential but if 
if the House and the Senate flip, <clears throat> I think we'll see markets recover quicker um, through the end of the year because you'll have some stability. You'll have some gridlock, which is generally good for markets. Uh, I think also we might see a, a slowing um, of some of the interest rate hikes if, you know, if that happens too. And reason being is because I think there'll be, there'll be less money supply injections that would get passed through in the form of stimulus. So that in itself will be somewhat inherently deflationary as well. And what um, if it doesn't happen? What if, what if because of all this Roe v. Wade and all that stuff yeah. and the instability. That it stays the same? That it stays the same or that yeah. here's more likely that because I think house goes, is, but Senate doesn't. Yeah. Senate stays uh Democrat house goes Republican. Yeah. I think you still have a little bit of gridlock there. That would be, you know, <clears throat> that would, that would still lock it, you know, lock it down. But if it was, if, if they both stayed the same, yeah, depending on, you know, what, uh, what the Democrats would try to do for the next two years, it might not abate. If we might be in for longer, larger rate hikes, um, which is just going to keep, you know, stocks in, you know, in kind of a tumbling turmoil until they hit, if they, you know, if stocks hit a down 35, like we did in COVID down 40%, that's where you get big institutional money going, okay, we just have to step in and start buying stocks because even if we just get back to even from down 40%, we've made a significant gain in our, you know, in the, in, in the trough investment. And that's where you'll see. And that's what happened in COVID too. You saw institutions really step in and we had, a, we had this rocket kind of strapped to us. So we're probably going to have a, 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 I think we're in a W recovery where we've gone down. We went back up, you know, to down 10%. We've gone back down now. I just don't know if the last leg is going to go lower or, you know, or when we'll, we'll make that turn. I think a lot of that depends on what happens in November. It's big and it affects everything. And I know people probably get sick of listening to us talk a little bit about politics, but it does have an impact, man. It, it matters. Well, I've had people say, why is everything political? Because everything is political. Yeah, because everything is political. Yes. That's why, unfortunately, that's why everything is political because everything is political. It's, it's not, I mean, and that sounds like such a smart ass thing to say, but no, it's true. But it's, it's a wet true. part of the ocean, man. Yeah, it's true. Hey, you got to go, go play some golf, yep. uh, hit them straight and all that stuff. I won't and, uh, enjoy, enjoy your, <laughs> uh, your outing next week. We'll be back on Thursday, September the 22nd. Can you believe that? It'll be, yeah, it'll be September 22nd. Next time we get awesome. together, we'll be so, way uh, into college football. Yeah, uh, mypinwealth.com, M-Y-P-I-N-N wealth.com. Martin Palomo and the people there do a fantastic job. If uh, you're tired of trying to do this on your own or if you've tried to do it on your own and you've really screwed it up, get in touch with Martin and the people there, and they will help you out. Uh, for Martin Palomo, I'm Neil McCready. That does it for this edition of Mind on My Money, presented by Pinnacle. See you in two weeks. Bye. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. 
Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code balance10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.